Hello, and welcome to Backyard Catch again. This is Nick Roby, uh, your host. I'm joined by a new guest, but a good friend of mine, um, Mr. Chuck Cape on the episode. How are you doing, Chuck? Good. How are you doing, Nick? I'm doing good. Thanks for being on. Um, I'm really excited. Chuck and I um, have enjoyed talking football off episodes, and we thought it'd be really fun to talk while we're recording and just get to talk about both uh, football that we love. So I'm really excited that Chuck gets to be on. Um, I'm just glad we have college football to talk about. <laughs> yes, me too. I'm. You could talk for so long about like, okay, I wish the schedules were different. Or I wish that, you know, like we're both Clemson fans. And so like, wish that like the second half of the game, we wish we were a little tighter or this, that, and the other, but you're right. I mean, just the fact that we have a game to watch in general, some sense of normalcy, I'm, I'm very glad for I, I, I'll watch I, Idaho State versus, you know, uh, Texas South. I don't care. It's college football. <laughs> yeah. I, there's just something different about it. I mean, even with less fans on the field, there's just there's something different about it, which is just really fun. There's, uh-huh. there's no energy in, in the stadiums right now. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is probably the weird part. And, and I don't know if you can tell, but when you're watching on TV, you kind of forget about a little bit. And then until they do the big pan yeah. cameras, and then you're like, whoa, this is so weird. Um, now, the NFL uh, games, they're piping in literally recordings of their fans during games. Right. Well, yeah, they're not the only ones to do that because I know that soccer teams were doing that over the summer. And then now, like Clemson, um, they're recording from like back at the NCAA uh, 2014 game, like that's the last game that stopped, and so they're using those recordings as part of the piped-in crowd noise. I think they're going to well, try. I would rather do that because my mind gets tricked. I watched a little bit of the Rams game, right. and I was like, "Where the heck's all this fan noise coming from?" So I thought they had fans in the stands, and then when they scanned up, I'm like, "What?" Right. So they were piping it in. So. But we get to watch college football, and, and this week Clemson has a home game, the, yeah. their home opener against the Citadel. Wish it was against a, a better foe, but it's Clemson up there. Yeah, no, I'll I'll take it, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we can also help. It's not might sound funny, but I'm glad for a school like the Citadel that needs football to help uh, pay for other parts of the school. I'm glad that a school like in South Carolina we can help. Give them, well, you know, give them a schedule and help support their other sports too. Well, years ago, my, my grandfather was with the athletic department at Clemson for years. Oh, so, wow. and, and I asked him, I said, why do, you, do we play PC? Right. He said, well, to give an example, the money that, that they make off Clemson game supports their athletic department for a full year if they didn't do anything else. So uh, ever since then, every time we play a school like that, you know, I, I go and I support the team because, you know, they're supporting in-state schools that uh, aren't as fortunate as far as ticket sales and athletic donations and things sure, like that. Sure. No, I love it. I, that is one of the bummers of this year is that when going, I don't know if you get to really get to experience as much. of. I always loved when you go, getting to see the halftime shows. And so Citadel always had a cool halftime with like their different um, traditions that they would do. I know some of the other schools would have a really good band. It was always fun to see like what the other 
band would do. And, and you know, I could see that if you actually went to the game. So yeah, I actually missed the tailgating. <laughs> well, yes, and then the, tail, the tailgating is a whole a whole separate thing too. Yeah, it's like again, we'll take it college football. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, we wanted uh, Chuck to have on because he he really enjoys looking at the spreads of games and likes to look at the different games that are available. But I guess, uh, Chuck, like, do you, how did you get like connected with Clemson in the beginning? Well, uh, I my grandfather was with the athletic department. Well, I guess I guess that helped. I didn't have a, I didn't have a choice where to go to school. Uh, <laughs> He told me I could go anywhere in the country, but he'd pay for my college if I went to Clemson. So I went to Clemson, and that was during the Danny Ford years gotcha. and during, during the national championship. And then, of course, my son graduated in, in 14, and uh, he was a big UNC fan before that. So, we, you know, we've been doing this. I mean, they've been tailgating since they were in pull-ups. So uh, uh, we, we just – it's always been a part of our social life and uh, our fall experience. Uh, but we got into this. We started uh, playing the parlays in 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just thought it'd be a great way for my two sons and I to always talk during the week because we lived in different places. Right. And, uh, and and it started out as fun. And then we started winning. So uh, at the end of the year, we accumulate all the winnings and we go on a trip. And it's usually to the national championship game or the playoff game. Sure. So, which which is the Clemson fans been fortunate to be able to do that this year. So, and also especially because we have to travel these different places to go. So that's so that's cool. True. And we've been to all of them. I but, love uh, it. Uh, they've been fun. Uh, so last week we had a decent week. Uh, it was kind of weird because you really didn't know how teams were going to come out, how much practice they had had, what they've been mm-hmm. working on. So it was kind of a a hit and miss, just roll of the dice, a lot of that. Like, for example, the two games that we didn't hit, we we hit seven, missed two, uh, was the Iowa State game, uh, which, you know, was just, well, was a big upset. It was the first time Louisiana had, had beaten a top 25 team in, in many years. Mm-hmm. And the other, the other one was a Clemson game, and I never thought they'd quit scoring at halftime. So... <laughs> Yeah, last week was such a weird week. I mean, we saw we saw three Big Twelve teams lose to three Sun Belt teams. That's, I don't even know if you could have predicted that. But then again, who could have predicted twenty twenty in general? So I guess. Well, the big, like I said earlier, the Big Ten's out. Maybe the Big Twelve, the Big Ten's in. Maybe the Big Twelve should get out. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they're really hoping just for this week to be a normal week for them. Um, yeah, that's so cool. So. I guess just maybe it kind of explain for people too, because um, you mentioned that you you like to look at the different spreads of games, but then you also do parlays. Maybe just explain for people who don't you usually do that or know what that is, like what actually is a parlay. Well, a parlay is is you bet with the lines on two, three, four, five, however many teams. Mm-hmm. But the the higher amount of games that you pick, if you win, the, the odds go up. So. For example, a three-team parlay, you have to win all three games, but your payout is six to one, which means if I bet fifty dollars, I win three hundred. Right. So it was a it was an easy way for us to get into it, and we just we just kind of fell in love with the fact that you know we can 
challenge ourselves to pick three games and win a lot more than we're betting. So that's, that's how we do it. And, but we do, you know, the regular straight lines too. Um, but the, the parlays are more fun because you get to kind of uh, see how smart you are compared to the Vegas lines. Right. And then it's probably also fun too to pick like a, a game that you wouldn't maybe have had much as, as interest in, but then you pick it. So then you're very interested to see. Uh, and then you have to watch it. Yeah. yeah then you have to watch it at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- this week we've, we've isolated three of our top games and then we have a few more games that we like and we just don't know what order we're going to put them in yet, but that'll be decided between now and Saturday, but we like them. And then, of course, we like our, our top three games. Okay. I love it. So um, something fun I thought we could do on the podcast, just as um, Chuck's going to intro a game for us, and he'll kind of talk about the spread and maybe, like, why he's interested in this game and what he's kind of thinking. And then I was thinking I could pick the game as well, and then we can kind of compare and contrast and see, like, what sure. I do or, like, who, who, who wins the week. Well, let's let's talk about the first one that we have on the board, which is Duke minus six against Boston College. Okay. Um, we isolated this game because I, I really think Chase Bryce had a good game last week. He was the, uh, going against Notre Dame, which really has some superior athletes. Good line on the front, uh, on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. So uh, he wasn't given a lot of time, but he did a lot with the time that he had. Right. Now, they're going against Boston College this year, which features a new coach, um, kind of the old uh, offensive system. But they can put up; they'll be able to put up some points because uh, uh, David Bailey, who's their backup running back, he was backup to AJ Dillon last year mm-hmm. uh, as a backup, ran 844 yards. So he's he's a good running back, and they have a really strong offensive line. Um, as far as their defense goes, they were pitiful last year. I don't see a whole lot of improvement. So I think that this is something that Cutcliffe will take advantage of. He'll get Chase Bryce some uh, easy short throws, bubble screens, some out on the perimeter stuff, and he'll get their defense coming up, and then I think he'll start hitting them long because Chase Bryce is a baller. He can play. We saw that at Clemson. And we saw that last week against Notre Dame. So we like Duke minus the points, which is six, against Boston College. Right. So that means that you're taking, when you say that, you're taking Duke as the minus six, meaning that you're giving Boston College can score up to six points under Duke. Like Duke has to win by more than six points, basically. That's correct. They have to win by more than six. Yeah. I like that, too. As I'm looking at that, now, granted, uh, so this is kind of live for me as we're recording. So Chuck's saying the games, and I've have a, I've looked at some of the games, but I haven't gotten to really pick. So I'm picking these live too. Um, I like Duke in that too. I for me, I think BC is going to be really improved. I think they are picked to have some of the best offensive linemen in this conference. However, I'm really interested to see how the passing game works for them because if you can just load the box against them. There's only so much you can do with a running game. And I, I I agree. I think Chase Bryce is a baller. I know we're pretty partial because we got to watch him for a couple of years. But this guy can play. And honestly, the only reason why he wasn't starting is because you had Trevor Lawrence as quarterback. And so you're not going to – I'm just – unfortunately for him, he 
he had Trevor Lawrence and then him and then DJ Uyungle. I said that right. He's coming after. So it's like, well, you might as well just go try to play. And I like Cutcliffe with quarterbacks that he's calling the plays. I think that's yeah. the fun part about this. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take that as well. I like Duke. I think they're an underrated team this year. Yeah, I do. Uh, the, the second game, Nick, that we isolated was the Baylor-Houston game. Okay. Now, of course, uh, Data Holgerson last year redshirted a lot of players when he started out one and three. <clears throat> so he started encouraging the seniors to redshirt so he can get them all back this year. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure that he's got the right players for his scheme like he did at West Virginia. Um as so, Baylor's got a new coach. They have uh, Dave Aranda, who was the defensive coordinator for LSU last year. Mm-hmm. And he's had quite a few transfer students come into Baylor. Now, Baylor was a surprise team last year. I think they went 11-2. and two. And um, uh, so I think that they're almost going to be a plug-and-play there. And the spread is only Baylor minus four, which means they're only giving up four. And again – Houston's got a, to bring in a quarterback. Uh, it started – the quarterback started, uh, what, eight games last year. And then, of course, their other quarterback transferred to Miami. Right. So, um, uh, so we, we, we like the Baylor Bears minus the four. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, a, a good game to watch. Uh, but I think Baylor's going to come out on top. Yeah. I, I like that too. When I'm looking at that, I mean, that is a pretty close spread, which makes that interesting to me. I like the Texas feel of that too. It's kind of fun because you got the Waco versus Houston um, area. I think, yeah, a Baylor had a really good season last year. And if I think their quarterback got hurt, if I want to, if I'm not mistaken, if it was yeah. a cotton bowl, um, they had their quarterback hurt. If, I think it's Charlie Brewer, if I'm remembering right. Um, but I like Baylor and I, I'm with you that, both of them are, are still trying to rebuild with new coaches and, and new people. However, I feel like Baylor's got more of a setup to be able to, to play better this year, whereas Houston's going to take a little bit of time. Yeah, I think so, so. Yeah, so I think four is a little too low. And, and, and then our third game that we've isolated um, is uh, University of Central Florida versus Georgia Tech. Now, Georgia Tech had a great game last week. Uh, they came out basically shut Florida State down after the first quarter and uh, it ended up winning that game and upsetting Florida State. But let's face it, Florida State is trash. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Uh, Florida State has a lot they have to work on. And so, yeah, I I, I kind of feel bad right now for them. But It it started with Jimbo Fisher, who didn't have a very good culture there. And then they brought in Willie Taggart, and he didn't recruit anybody. He lost two quarterbacks, couldn't recruit. Uh, they have Blackman, which they've had for three years. The poor guy's been beat to death because their offensive line is just abysmal. I mean, they, I, I, would, I wouldn't have them playing a high school ball. So, yeah. I, I was going to say, those, those two factors of – for FSU, the big things you can look on, I agree, is offensive line play is just a huge – they just have to – they have to work on that. And to protect the quarterback, and they missed like Sam Howell, which they – UNC flipped Sam Howell. Um, so I don't know how much 
I think it changed more for UNC than it would have for Florida State. However, I mean, that, those are those are big things. Like to lose quarterbacks, you spent a lot of time on and offensive line. Well, you know, they flipped this this new freshman Georgia Tech quarterback from Florida State to Georgia Tech. So, yeah, uh, uh, yeah I just. I just think that that uh, Georgia Tech is headed in the right direction, but they're they're working with a lot of Paul Johnson's um, personnel, and they're just not set up to to block the schemes that the uh, the, the the power spread offenses are designed to run. Right. So I, I think it's going to take a few more years. I, I I think they played great last week, but I think they run into a stumbling block this week with UCF. Uh, they have their quarterback back. They have their receivers back. Um, they have almost the whole offense back. The defense, they've had some players opt out, but they have enough speed on their defense where, uh, you, you know, you're not going to see a huge drop-off. Um, yeah. So I think UCF, uh, Central Florida, minus the seven and a half. Uh, if you have anybody doing a parlay and they can buy down to seven, a half a point, I – I hate that half a point over three or over seven or over 14. So you can buy down a half a point and take a little less winning. But uh, uh, Central Florida minus seven and a half uh, was the third game we isolated on uh, our, our main parlay. So we got Duke minus six, Baylor minus four, and UCF minus seven and a half against Georgia Tech. Okay. Yeah, I like those. And I'm and I'm not just trying to agree with what, what you're picking. I, honestly, for me – if, if this line was like 10 points or 12 points, something like that, I think I'd be a little more inclined to pick Georgia Tech just because I think UCF will win, but I think Georgia Tech could sneak in and make it closer. But seven and a half just seems a little bit too low for what I'm, I know UCF's capable of. And so that's why I, I think they end up winning by at least two touchdowns. Well, I I really expected the line to be between 10 and 12. Yeah. Uh, but I think what's happening with this 2020 year and COVID protocol is Georgia Tech's got a game under their belt. And uh, that supposedly that, – that I'm sure that's going to mean a lot when the offensive timing and all that's going on. Uh, but I just think UCF is just just way too good and way too fast. Um to, to be held within a touchdown of Georgia Tech. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I but I, I like the direction they're going. Uh, so just not, just too much this week. So oh, he'll get them there in a few years, but yeah. he's going to have to have his personnel. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, all right. So those, those are the three big ones you liked. What's, um, what was next on the slate for you? Um, well, we, 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 uh, we looked at, and when I say we, is my two sons and I do this. Hunter, who's uh, out with his girlfriend right now, and then Rivers, who's who's basically in St. Louis. So we look at these. Uh, we really liked um, Louisville okay. uh, against Miami. Um, I know that's probably not a popular pick because everybody has seen King play for Miami. They right. recruit well. They have – a lot of athletes, but don't underestimate this Louisville team because yeah. they are loaded with athletes and they are loaded with speed. And their quarterback uh, is about as good as you're going to get in the ACC 
right below Sam Howell and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. No. Uh, so, so you're you're looking to say you would take Louisville. My line has them at two and a half. Is that what you have? Correct. Yeah, minus okay. the two and a half points. Yeah. Which is interesting because this becomes this is a top twenty matchup. I mean, because right now in the AP poll, Miami seventeen, Louisville's eighteen. Yeah. And Louisville, it, it's so interesting because they I feel like they were under the radar. Then Lamar Jackson came, big buzz. Then they've had some drop off, and now they're an underrated team again. Huge drop off. Yeah, and now you got Scott Satterfield, who used to be out of state, is with them now. I think he's a great coach. Um, and I really like the direction they're going. They're actually one of the teams, as a Clemson fan, when you look at the schedule, I think Clemson actually got a little bit of a, I don't say a break, but the fact that we don't have to play them this year, I mean, when you look at it, like they're one of the teams that I'm like, okay, like I, we need to have our game ready to go. Um, that being said, and also to not – have the same pick as you I'm going to take Miami in this because mm-hmm. it's such a close pick because it's two and a half so it's not a it's not a pick em where it's basically you can go either way but I'll take those two and a half points so even if they lose but it's, if it's by a pointer two yeah because I mean and, and when I'm my, my thought process is I know Miami like they're not a finished product like they're still trying to figure out kinks but De'Aaron King I think is really good oh and, he's good and my, my thought process is, like, I think he could be the best player in the game. So I'm just going to go with the best player, I think, in the game. That he'll just make some plays, keep it close. So, and, just yeah, be- and, and, and that was tough for us. We, we went back and forth on that because of King. Right. Uh, you know, Miami's had a great group of athletes. They just haven't had a quarterback. Exactly. To do anything. So now they do. And uh, I think he threw for over 300 yards and rushed for almost, uh, I think it was 84 yards he rushed for. But he, he – when he did rush, it was strategic timing and big sure. first down and things like yeah. that. So, but not to take away from the Louisville quarterback who also had a great day passing and rushing. So that's going to be a good game. You're going to see a lot of speed across the field. So mm-hmm. I think, like you said, it could go either way with less than a, a field goal. Um, you know, you could go either way with that. Yeah. Um, one of the other games we like is, is App State minus the four and a half. Yep, yep. Uh, and and I think just because now they have a game under their belt, and uh, and and towards the end of that game they started looking like they got their timing down. So we we, we like Gap State, and uh, a couple that I kind of isolated on my own was and, and we hate to do big spreads unless it's. Clemson versus Wake Forest or Clemson versus Citadel or sure, sure. O- Oklahoma State versus Tulsa. That's that's not a bad one this week either. But uh, the Notre Dame minus 25 and a half. And the reason I say that is, of course, USF has got uh, Jeff Scott down there. We love him. He'll, he'll turn that program around eventually, but he, it's going to take two or three years. Yeah. Um, in their victory over Citadel last week, they had 102 yards passing on 25 attempts. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> they're going to run into a brick wall with Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, I think Notre Dame was a little disappointed in their uh, showing against Duke. They felt like, I think, Duke came in there and did better than they anybody expected them to do. So I think that after a week's practice, 
they'll come out running and gunning, and uh, uh, they they have an incredible defense. They have an incredible offensive line. I just think USF is just way out muscled here, and I think it's going to get ugly early. So okay, like like the twenty five and a half. Uh, a couple little totals. Uh, the SMU game. Um, I had up here who they were playing. Who's this one you planned? I forgot to write it down. Well, well while you're looking at that, I can give um, – yeah, I, I would say I, I would have picked probably App State too because, I mean, they have a new coach, but they're a very plug-and-play right now kind of program. Um, yeah, I like Jeff Scott down there. 25 and a half just seems – that is a big number, and that's the only my only hesitation with that is that I feel like UCF could – Sneak in. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go just be different. I'm gonna say they sneak in and like just barely cover that spread. I'm gonna go with maybe three touchdowns, maybe 21 points instead. Yeah, SMU's playing North Texas. North Texas, okay. And and we like the under 68 and a half. Um, and, and the biggest difference this year is SMU's offensive coordinator left this year. That was part of that, that ran their high flying, high scoring offense last year. Gotcha. Um, so he's no longer there. And I wondered why during the first game they weren't scoring a lot of points. And uh, I thought about it a little while and thought it had to be their offensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. You're taking the total points like that, they'll be under 68 and a half. Um, Correct. Both teams Yeah. Which basically, I mean, that's a that's a pretty high for an over-under, I would think, right? I mean, because isn't like around in the 50s about an average, 50s or 40s, like 68 and a half? Well, most teams, I mean, if you think about that, 30 uh, to 20 is a 50. So they're saying that should be 40 to 30, and I'm saying that it's it's probably going to be under that. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I could see that being like 30 to 17 kind of thing. That's only 47. So I probably, I'd probably leave that way too. The other big spread on the board is Oklahoma State. Okay. Uh, and they are minus 23 and a half against Tulsa. Um, not one of our top picks, but worth looking at because they basically return their whole offense. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of guys that uh, expect them to win the Big 12 this year. Uh, th- this is their year to win the Big 12 and overcome Big Brother Oklahoma. Uh, they have you know Chubba Hubbard back, uh, their quarterback back, their line, all their receivers but one. So they're going to have a high-powered offense. Now, where the Big 12 has always lacked to me, other than Iowa State, has been in – in uh, defense. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, th- I think that uh, they'll be able to cover that, that large spread Oklahoma state. Oklahoma state. Yeah. And, and also, especially because I, Schubert Hubbard is, is so good. I think just like, because he plays in more of the big 12 and maybe us on the East coast don't hear about him as much other than just the name. But I mean, he's a very prominent, like Heisman candidate that he, I can see him just getting some big runs in that game. So I can see why you were going after that one. I mean, when you look online, like I'm looking at it, like in Oklahoma State's an 86% shot 
chance to win. The only hesitation is is that the Big 12 did lose three times last week. So, <laughs> so but Oklahoma um, won big. <laughs> Oklahoma did win big. I yeah, I would I would lean that way too. I mean, these lines are pretty close, and that's why they I mean they get paid the big bucks to to make them. Um, but yeah, twenty three and a half seems. Again, I could see it being about 28-27 um, ends up being. just depends on how, how good Tulsa's offense plays. And and I, I kind of like the over 51.5 with Duke and, and Boston College. <clears throat> I think both of them can score. <clears throat> and uh, that that's pretty low for, for teams. I, like I said, I think BC is a rushing team. They got a great offensive line. They're going to be able to put some points above the board. And, of course, I think because of their defense, Duke will be able to put some points above the board. So I expect that to go over 51 and a half. Over 51 and a half. Yeah, that's that's not a bad one. Um, especially because I feel like Duke's also can have some wrinkles. I want to say his last name is Calhoun. Um, but they've got, you know, they can do some jet sweeps. They can do some different rushing styles. Um, and I know that Boston College can run. Like, they'll get some rushing touchdowns for sure. Uh, the ball. So I like that. And then that's really it other than, you know, we were looking at the Wake Forest-NC State game. I think Wake Forest played Clemson a great game. I think they have a good defensive line. Right. Um, But I just think NC State, uh, uh, what were they, a a 4-8 team last year? I mean, this this program is is sliding down a hill, and, and I don't see it stopping. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, that, this game, I was looking at, that was one of the ones I was looking at too, but because it's such a close, like almost a, it, it basically NC State's a favorite because of our home team. I've had yeah. a lot of times the home team gets a three point bump. Um, maybe it's two and a half this year with COVID, but I don't know. That one just kind of throws me off because I could see, see either t- team playing well, but you're just not sure which one it's going to be on that day. And, and that's why I'll take the one that's got a game under their belt. Um, and the game was against Clemson, so they've seen the team speed. Yep. They've played at the high rate of speed. They, they, they're they a tough offense to try to contain because they are really, really high tempo. So mm-hmm. I just don't see NC State having the horses to keep up. I, I hope Wake Forest beats them because I don't like Doran. <laughs> That yeah, he he hasn't liked Clemson as much in recent years. Um, and no. years. And I will say, Wake Forest. I know the scoreline doesn't didn't represent it fully, but Wake Forest had some big plays that that were very close to happening. Like that Green kid, he had a couple of opportunities. Hartman can play. Um, Sam Hartman, the quarterback. I mean, he just got knocked around a little bit, but he can throw the ball. So. Well, their freshman that came in relief of Hartman is on the money. Right, that RPO, like when you think they're going to hand it off and he just like throws a dart across the middle for 10 yards. And true, and and, and if the truth be known, Clemson probably should have, Wake Forest should have had another touchdown. That Clemson was, I I think, probably should have been an interference call. Uh, The first touchdown throw that they went for, and uh, I think it was Xander's, was was on him had his hands all over him, but yeah, that could have easily been a, a, a defensive pass interference to put him in first and goal at the two yard line. Sure, so, of course, yeah, or or, or touchdown. So, yeah, 
I would say don't sleep on this Wake Forest team this year. They just they had to. Yeah, I was saying they they just unfortunately it just didn't work out for them against Clemson the first week. So that's a good one. Um, other ones I'm looking at, just ones that stuck out to me as we're getting close to, to the end of time. Um, I thought it was interesting. Pitt Syracuse that was a twenty one and a half. It's another big one. I know you tend to not like it, but. I mean, I just know Syracuse is kind of struggling, and but that does seem kind of high for Pitt. I know they who they beat Austin P. I think last week. Yeah, uh, but that just seems kind of high for them. So if I was going to look at that game to, in like a pickup, I would probably lean Syracuse in the points. But then I don't know if I like picking Syracuse in the points. So that's why I would, I would still probably stay away. But yeah, it was well, interesting. That line was interesting to me. While you're talking about it, I wanted to see what the over under was on it. It's 50. Uh, I, I think that's pretty safe to go under that because Pittsburgh's got a really good defense. Yeah. Uh, but I just don't think their offense is still, you know, they, you know, three three to four yard, five yard passes, you know, you'll lead up a lot of clock and, and then you have Syracuse. I, I don't think they've been the same since Dungy left. I think he was the the leader of that team. I think he was yeah. a hard goal. He was the warrior out there. This kid that replaced him just he just doesn't have it. Yeah, it's just not the same. And um, but I think when they do have that right quarterback, they can be dangerous. But it's definitely based based on right for them. Yeah, I like Bavers as a coach. I think he's a great coach. Who else were you looking at? Um, one, this is if I was feeling uh, kind of frisky, this is one I would kind of be like, oh, this is an underrated game because I think. This team had a terrible week one showing um, by some choices, uh, just with all the COVID stuff. And their offense is so unique that it could mess with another team. Sounds like the Navy game. It is the Navy game. <laughs> now, I know I, I know, I watched the BYU game too, um, and I know that they didn't, they didn't tackle. I mean, that's what happened. However, Navy has this spread offense. I mean, and BYU is just so much more physical, so they can beat the mesh down the middle. So I have – I mean, they have Tulane at home as a, as a touchdown favorite. And to me, I think that's a reflection of just a very poor showing against BYU. But if Navy can control the ball and run the clock, I don't know if Tulane's as physical. I don't know Tulane as well. But if I was really like, oh, I bet you that would be an underrated team to take – to get the points, and even if they lose, I mean, I don't know if they'll lose by a touchdown. Yeah, because you, you'd have to be stepping out on a limb to take Navy after that showing. But BYU, keep in mind, their average player is 24, 25 years old. Well, that all uh, helps, yeah. So that's what I was like. I don't know if I'd actually bet on it, but if I was feeling if I was feeling it, that might be one. That I, I, I can't disagree with you, but I do think that Tulane is an approved team. Yeah. Um, but you just really don't know – I mean, usually year in and year out, Navy and Army both tough as nails. Air Force the same way. All these service academies, they you go out there and you get 100% of their game, and very rarely will they ever get beat by the spread. Yeah. But I just don't know. I think they're having a hard time replacing their quarterback from last year who was the I, winningest quarterback in Navy's history. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was just like, it was just one like, huh, that's interesting. But yeah, I, I agree. It's probably one, realistically, that I would would want. But, but not a bad thought process. Yeah, that's what, I was, that's what I was going with. I thought, let's, let's give people a fun one. 
So, so right now, just to go over it real quick, uh, we've got you're taking Duke minus six over BC, Baylor minus four over Houston, UCF seven and a half over Georgia Tech. We're taking we're splitting Louisville Miami because that's based almost it's two and a half for Louisville. Right. App State, I think I agree that they'll have a good showing. Um, you say Notre Dame's going to beat UCF on one twenty-five and a half. SMU in North Texas uh, under the sixty-eight and a half, and then Oklahoma State uh, Tulsa was another one. Yeah. So and then, then if you're feeling froggy on Saturday night, throw Wake Forest in there. Might as well. Yeah. It's like if you're going for it, might as well go for it. So I like it. That's fun. Um, Man, it's so cool. And this is without – these are all the games without even, like, the SEC coming in the next week. And then we got the Big Ten. We want to be a part of the party, too, and they're coming later in October. So. They'll, they'll be here by Thanksgiving. Yeah. I. <laughs> you know, I mean, which is – I think it's good for the game to have. I wish it could have started earlier. But, I mean, honestly, right now, I will, I will take whatever football we can get. And I know for them, I'm happy that – those players and coaches get to coach because it was just kind of, I felt like it was kind of taken away from them at first. Now they're expecting maybe the, the Pac-12 to announce that they may start in October. Um, because th- these kids, I mean, they, they work all year round to play football. And if you don't let them play football, how much damage are you doing to them mentally and emotionally? I mean, there's, there's a, a big concern in the college football rankings that these players are going to go through depression and things like that. So um, who knows? They may opt back in. Well, that would be, you know, that'd be a very 2020 thing to start off. Shut down sports, have this whole thing. People go in and out and then we end up with everyone coming back together. It'd be a very completing picture. We just just won't have the Mac in there. (laughs) I know, no, and I, I love some action on a Tuesday night. Um, so do I. It's, it's fun. Um, well, <coughs> excuse me. Well, Chuck, thanks so much for being on. This is really fun. Thank um, you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to keep this going. So I those are our, I always like to talk college football. So let's see how these uh, picks go, and who knows, your, your, your listeners might want some more next week. Yeah, there we go. We'll have to stay tuned. So, well, Chuck – Thanks so much. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Remember to like and subscribe to the podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please give us a review. We love to hear that. So stay tuned. We got a lot of fun stuff coming. And don't forget, be on tune every week. Um, We're doing uh, rankings every week where we rank uh, our version of the top 15, which is really fun, and kind of compare what it would be with AP poll. So thanks so much, guys. And for now, we are signing off.